Welcome to the Exploring Unschooling Podcast. For countless parents, the journey to unschooling has redefined childhood and transformed their family relationships. Are you curious? Together, let's explore what living and learning looks like without school. Hello, explorers. I'm Pam Laricchia, and this is episode number 208 of the podcast. It's the 1st of January 2020 as I record this intro. Happy New Year. I hope things are well. I love the energy of a new year. It's very inspiring. And I'm really excited to share this episode with you. Sue Patterson is back and we dive into the idea of perfect and how it can get in the way of living our best unschooling life. We touch on comparisons, tough times, the personal work that's involved, the gifts that these choices bring, and lots more. I think it's a very timely conversation to share as we jump into the new year and the tendency to make resolutions to try to live up to some, quote, perfect vision we have for ourselves and our family. This idea of aiming for perfect is a great thing to contemplate, and I hope you find the episode helpful. As a personal update, I've had a wonderful holiday season this year. I've been pretty much offline since December 20th when Lissia arrived home to visit for a week. I really love hanging out with my family. We went for lots of walks in the forest. We enjoyed playing with the dogs. We played games. We ate lots of yummy food. I watched lots of cheesy Christmas movies as I prepared lots of food. We dove into some of the new things we got as gifts. We had lots of wide-ranging conversations. That's how we have fun together, and it has been glorious. And I love how Sue and I touch on this in our conversation, how what's fun for your family can look very different from what it looks like for my family, and that's totally okay. In the last few days, I've also spent some time looking back at 2019 and thinking about the kinds of moments I enjoyed, the kinds of moments that I didn't like so much, and brainstorming ways that I might set things up so that the good kinds of things are apt to blossom more often. Rather than thinking in terms of set in stone perfect goals or to-do lists, I'm thinking about process, about cultivating an environment that encourages movement in the direction I'd like to go, and embracing the mindset that I've learned on my unschooling journey works really well for me, being open and curious, letting go of the need to dominate and control all the things, and instead seeing how they unfold. Now, that doesn't mean sitting back and being passive. It means being actively engaged in my days, being open to noticing the possibilities that arise around me, and being curious to discover where they might lead. It's in that space where life so often surprises me with amazing twists and turns that I could never have predicted or planned. It's so fun. And I want to take a moment to thank everyone who has chosen to support the podcast through Patreon. And a big welcome to new patron, Ashley Crumpton. Hi, Ashley. And thanks to Susan Walker for increasing her pledge. I deeply appreciate all my patrons. Your generous support not only lets me know that you enjoy the show and want it to continue, it allows me to spend time creating episodes each week and to keep the podcast archive freely available to anyone who's curious and wants to explore the fascinating world of unschooling. If you'd like to join my community of patrons and scoop up some great rewards along the way, check out the Exploring Unschooling page at patreon.com. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com forward slash exploring unschooling. 
And now let's dive into my fascinating conversation with Sue. Welcome. I'm Pam Larikia from livingjoyfully.ca and today I'm here with Sue Patterson. Hi, Sue. Hey, thanks for having me. <laughs> I love having Sue on the podcast and I appreciate how willing she is to return. And as a bit of an intro, if you haven't come across Sue yet, she's a longtime unschooling parent of three now grown children. Two of her kids have actually been on the podcast talking about growing up unschooling, and I will put links to those in the show notes. She's also the founder of Unschooling Mom to Mom, the website and the Facebook group. So she is a great resource on your unschooling journey, and I'll put links to those in the show notes as well. So today, Sue and I want to dive into some mindset stuff around the concept of perfect. You know, that that pull to be right, to do things perfectly, it can definitely get in our way as we embrace unschooling, and that's what we want to talk about. So where I wanted to start, Sue, is talking about that genuine excitement that bubbles up when we first discover and start exploring unschooling, because it's like, it's so, so new often, depending on where you are, um, how old your kids are, et cetera. But the idea of having no school schedules to follow or, or homework battles to go through each night, um, the connected and respectful relationships with our kids that you hear about when you start reading about unschooling, uh, having fun with them, have fun with your kids all the time. You know, all that sounds amazing. And I can remember it can seem almost utopian at first, can't it? Right, right. I remember when I first thought of it, I thought of it like the Wizard of Oz, you know, like they're they're in the black and white and then she opens the door to the color. <laughs> <laughs> and that's kind of how I thought of it. And, um, you know, it it's interesting. I think we have like a drive in us to be creative and to be um adventurous and have fun and and love our kids full tilt you know and then we have all these other pressures that tamp it down you know and so when we (laughs) discover that uh you don't have to listen to those pressures (laughs) they're not even real and then we're like what (laughs) and so then that feels super exciting and sometimes though you got to be careful because sometimes that like giddiness has to do with you might need a little more de-schooling because it could be like I'm getting away with something you know that they're thinking that they're doing something that they shouldn't be doing and um and that isn't it you know it's not like you're getting away with anything you're um if anything they were getting away with some you know that we we're just living in in real life you know and full on instead of moderated down to a nice mediocre you know that we've all been conditioned to don't be too loud boy (laughs) have I had to learn that (laughs) and um you know don't all those don'ts and now we're like I don't have to do that and my kid doesn't have to do that and that's super exciting and and it is it's really um you know it's sometimes the other side of that is you get a little scared you know, you're excited and scared, kind of like a roller coaster. You're scared, but you're excited. Yeah, yeah. And, um, but you're safe. 
you've got a good bar. <laughs> and um, yeah, I think it, it, it is exciting at first. I mean, and a lot of times throughout, but that, that initial wake up is cool. You know, when you're like, really, this could be awesome. And, and then I think that there are some people who don't really get to that part, you know, and they are still got a lot of fear. And so their fear keeps them from having that super happy feeling. And so, you know, if you're like, I don't know what she's talking about. I don't have any super happy feelings about this. I'm nervous. as so I'll get out. Well, um, I wonder then, why if, if you wouldn't, didn't have any happy or, or, or drive towards that. I mean, I don't know. I think that like, sure. Maybe they're not even unschooling, right? Maybe they're still just looking into it. Um, right. I run into I a lot of people. That, like it. Yeah. I think that drive though, that excitement is good because that's what keeps you learning, keeps you asking questions, keeps you right. trying new things. Like I think that right. energy at first is actually is is really helpful right it and maybe as you're saying that i'm thinking maybe they're nervous to trust that that they've been yeah. so conditioned to believe don't don't leave that gate open are you kidding me <laughs> yeah it's Lord too knows. good to be no, true <laughs> exactly waiting for the other shoe to drop yeah. all those other all things those that were conditioned, <laughs> yeah that we're conditioned to think if it's going good, mm. yeah. <laughs> and so, which is why this whole topic is really good. We got a lot of mindset stuff to get past, yeah. right? Yeah. And yeah. Um, yeah, I think that I do run into a lot of people that are just considering it. You know, they're still, maybe, maybe their school experience is horrible, and mm-hmm. so they're thinking, how can I do something better? but I'm afraid I'm going to mess them up and ruin their, all their thing. And so they start to have excitement and then they have the pressures that bring that excitement down all that. So, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, it can sound too good to be true. It yeah. can sound <laughs> like this is some pie in the sky thing. And I don't know what you're thinking. But, um, I mean, we got a lot of little phrases, don't we? That's what we should just list out. How many phrases? Here you go. In the comments. How many phrases? Come out with pie in the sky, waiting for the other shoe to drop. What what are all of our um, too good to be true? Yeah, no, it's true because that's, that's a lot of the more conventional mindset of things, right? right? Is, is to find the things that are wrong. that all the excuses or the reasons why something isn't going to work. But yes. And and excuses for why not to try. Mm -hmm. It's excuses for why to stay safe. It's excuses for why to not risk. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no. Which school's all about that. Yeah. Not to be like a big school basher here. (laughs) Um, They're all about staying in line. Yeah. So then when you do I'm going to learn to stay alone. <laughs> when you do make the choice and jump in to unschooling, right? And you're seeing all those um you're reading about uh what unschooling looks like in a lot of uh more experienced uh, 
unschooling families who have been doing it for a while. Um, so now you're starting to um, try to do it yourself, right? And as we learn more and more about unschooling, um, how it works, and we're starting to shift our relationship dynamics with our own kids, right? I think there is a shift at that point too as we start to see what unschooling really looks like. And that kind of utopian lens or um, things things will be perfect, right? Because we're choosing something different because something's not working for us, right? We have some reason why we went out looking for a different way of parenting or a different right. way of, right. of um, education or, or school, mm-hmm. that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. right? Um, but we start to, once you've been living it for a while, it's not all a bed of roses. Let's go for all those phrases again, right? right. We realize we're real people, right? Our kids are real people. We all have different personalities, different needs, different interests. Life happens, right? Over the first few months, there's ups and downs and challenges. Um, and so I think, I think there's kind of a lens or maybe a layer that's peeled back. So when we're first listening to um, experienced unschooling parents talking about their lives and talking about the great relationships that they have with their kids and the fun that they're having during the day, you know, and at first we think that's what, that's what it should be like. But as we gain some experience ourselves, we start to recognize, like we don't just hear the perfect stuff in what they're describing. Right. We start, cause I think we gloss over the work that they've done to get there, not on purpose, but I think because of where we are in our own journey, You know, at first we're looking for what's the destination. We're looking for the answer. We're hearing all that good stuff. And it's like, okay, that's our goal. That's where we want to get to. But then when we see, oh, it's not just, you know, it's not just let's implement like the rules of unschooling, you know, a week of the formula and you're there. Yeah, the formula, (laughs) the unschooling formula, and then everything should be perfect just like them. That's where we start to lose that lens. We start to to realize that life isn't perfect, that this isn't like the perfect goal, this formula that we should follow. And, Mm -hmm. and we realize that, Oh, you know, that's not something that's useful for us to use as an ideal or goal, or even having that, that whole realization that our lives aren't perfect is a really important part of the journey, isn't it? Right. Right. And I think that the uniqueness you know, that when we really talk about how unique this is, that when you step away from one size fits all, mm-hmm. you move to these uncharted waters. <laughs> and your waters are different than my waters. And my boats are different than your boats. And and so they can only kind of be similar. You know, there can only be like, philosophical similarities you know and and the actual you know that idea and we're so again so conditioned to believe that it should be duplicatable (laughs) that you know in school you know I need to do it like she does it because she got an A and Mm -hmm. so you know I need to be an unschooler like Pamela Ricky because she's got an A (laughs) and um Pam's A doesn't transfer to your A Um, and the questions on Pam's quiz aren't your questions. (laughs) Um, all those things that when you think about in school, it's all copyable. It's not copyable. And so when, 
that's a little unnerving, you know, when we've always thought that really the right answers are in the back of the book. We just have to find the back of the book. And, um, you know, so if you, if, if you, if we maybe as experienced unschoolers can really emphasize the point that this is a unique thing, that you're choosing a unique path, that you are going to, you know, what do you choose to do? I can't really even answer you. All I can do is ask you questions to help you see what answers your kids are giving you. Because what my kids give me isn't going to help you. You know, if I have a kid that's totally interested in theater and your kid is totally interested in bike ramps, you know, the only similarity is that we're going to both be parents who support our kids doing the things they enjoy. At that point, I think that's why so many of our, you know, unschooling conversations end up talking about, you know, the roots of unschooling, the foundation, the yeah. the relationships, you know, because those those are fundamentally what is the same, mm-hmm. like that that lens through which we view right. our parenting or we view right. how natural learning works. Right. But so often, you know, when new people come in, they're wanting to know. Show the me details. an example. Tell me a typical day. Tell me all those. Th- I mean, those yeah, things. and you can totally understand why because totally they're looking for the answer. They're looking for, and it makes sense because that's that's how we grew up, right? Well, and I think that when that. you haven't, yeah, when you haven't thought it all the way through, then you think, all right, there are probably about six tracks that kids would go on: the actor, the artist, the mathy person, the explorer. You know, so I just have to find the right family. And, and match my track to their track. <laughs> it doesn't work like that. <laughs> and I, I, I don't know that people are really articulating that in their heads, but I think that's what they think, that if they just look hard enough, they'll find somebody that has kids like theirs and or has a family relationship like theirs. But there's too many variables, you know, that even the kids that are primarily on a particular track, they have on days and off days. We have on days and off days. You know, there there are so many, so many, you know, it's just life is messy. <laughs> and, um, and instead of like quickly hide the mess, um, instead it's like, no, the mess is where it's at. You know, the mess is where we're going to find our answers. Exactly. That's and where we're going to learn so much about each other. I mean, that's why we talk about the relationships and the yeah. connections um, being mm-hmm. so important because it's in that tangle of things that we learn mm-hmm. more about each other and we learn more about how we can support and help each other. And, and we learn right. skills and how to do that because those aren't, skills that many of us grew up learning right 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 we're, we're figuring this out as we go along yeah, and, and for me that first- big piece is is that whole is the, the piece of de-schooling like that's the other piece people are often asking you know okay i hear i need to de-school you know how long is this going to be and they want to do it quick because 
you know, that's, that's another thing that, that we've learned. We want to get an A and we want to do it efficiently. <laughs> well, we don't want to be the last person at the test, you know? <laughs> yeah. And uh, that's the whole part of the journey. What I love about the journey is I think, you know, one of the clues that maybe you're getting closer to the end, not that it literally ever ends because there's always new pieces that come up, but the bulk of it is when you're not asking about that anymore. Right? You're not asking, am I done de-schooling? Am I done? If that is a question that's still on your mind, that's probably a good clue <laughs> that you're not. If you're asking that, whether you're asking it out loud or whether you're asking it to yourself, if you're asking that, you're not done. <laughs> and it's okay. That's But that's part of the learning, too. For somebody to say, well, then you're probably not done. But don't take that. That is not meant in a negative way at all, Right. right. It's just an observation. It's just well, like, yeah, And the other thing to think about, even as I was saying that, I'm like, except that you can get done with pieces of it. Yeah. And then a new piece will show up. And then well, that's what I mean. Like, that's why I talk about the bulk of de-schooling, you know, because um, there's that, that, that bulk, that foundation, you know, natural learning yeah. works, relationships, connections, uh, shifting away from power in relationship, all that kind and of stuff. And even the more basic stuff of like seeing that subjects intertwine in life. Yeah. yeah A lot exactly. of people are still very much there. Mm-hmm. That they're like, how are they going to get what they need to know about history? Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> what are they exactly. doing? You know, and um, yeah, I think that's your first, I think of that as your first de-schooling step is to get, deal with the academics part and um and that is so then you get over that part and then you move into a new part that you've got you know it's like that yeah. what is the um the ogre that talks about the onion and the layers yeah. <laughs> that's Shrek. what it is it's layers and it's the donkey yeah exactly and then and then you'll find you know um maybe then as your kids get older you'll find you'll come across a pocket say maybe when they're so your oldest becomes a teenager or when they become yeah, young growth adults and develop, growth there's and stuff you just, they change. yeah you just haven't thought about certain things you haven't needed to because they haven't been part of your life um so it may be different your challenges own triggers. Come up. you didn't know that was going to bother you that thing about yeah. puberty yeah. <laughs> or you didn't know that thing was going to bother you about hearing the, you know, I can hear the football stadium at the high school from my, if the weather is right. Oh yeah. And you know that was going to kind of make you feel a wistful feeling. You know, I'm from Texas, <laughs> but, um, yeah. they, you know, they actually filmed the Friday night lights, um, film at the high school here. Oh, the real junk- the real junky looking stadium. That's our, <laughs> that's our local stadium. So, um, you know, and you, you don't know what's going to, I mean, you may know, but you often get kind of blindsided mm-hmm. that you, and, and so I, you know, I know this isn't really all about de-schooling, but the idea that, you know, embrace yourself, it's going to happen. It's okay. It's okay. Because you, you know, one of the things is, is that you didn't know it because you hadn't peeled back the layers to get to that. Mm-hmm. So you've been doing the work and now you got a new raw spot <laughs> and that's okay because we all wade through that. And I think that, I think it is sometimes hard to remember, you know, when we have kids in their tw- late twenties and, and, 
you know, and we did this when they were seven. <laughs> and we're like, all right, now. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's, you know, the growth and development part, that's everywhere. You know, that's no matter what. And, yeah. um, you know, it's just part of, it's that thing about parenting. Nobody gave us a handbook, you know, and the people that did it before us, our parents were pretty mainstream, you know, it's kind of where that all came from. And then we're going to do something different, which is tricky, mm -hmm. you know, but back to our messy conversation and uh -huh. our theme for this podcast. Um, I think that we, um, we don't always, there's so much of a push against um, a society push against this unschooling idea or against even homeschooling um, that we do want to talk about how it works. We do want to talk about how they're successful and they're happy and they're this and they're that. And then when, when you're stepping that way and you think all I ever hear her talk about is how great it is. Well, because there's a giant push that says it's not great. You're going to screw up your kid. They're going to be ruined. They're going to live in the basement, you know, all the things. And, um, and so you've got two, you're talking to two different audiences, really. You're talking to the people that say this can never work. And you're also talking to the people that are saying, does your day ever look like mine? Because, oh my gosh, this is awful. <laughs> Or, oh, my gosh, I'm so wrapped up in fear. Or, oh, my gosh, my spouse now thinks I've lost my mind. <laughs> and, you know, those are, those are you know, they're, they're both there all at the same time, you know, and our answers. So that's kind of, maybe that's why we have closed groups. <laughs> so we can talk a little more um, openly. You don't, you don't have to it's not like airing your dirty laundry, but it, it, but it can look like that, you know, to people that have already thought that this is all going to be a mess and her kids are going to be cussing banshees, <laughs> you know? Well, yeah, no, it's a good point that it can look like that or it can feel like that. And I think, I think we've already said so much the the phrase it, it struck me that's okay like you said that a bunch of times just a few minutes ago and that's okay and that's okay and that's that ties in so nicely with the idea of not aiming for perfect right. and it's a, another big piece of the de-schooling de is that we're feeling like we're airing dirty laundry or things aren't going well because we're holding this ideal or this image of right. some perfect right family that we should be aiming for and right. and it's peeling through that layer to get to know you know we're living with with us with who we are and right. understanding each other that that's where the value um, of the time and the effort that we mm -hmm. put in but it is hard like getting through the the peeling that layer of expectations right expectations right. that that we feel are put on us or that we've absorbed are the expectations that we're now sending out and putting on, not only we can put them on ourselves, um, but also putting them on our kids, like all that stuff. It's so important to, and valuable to get through that piece where you're feeling like you're aiming for something 
um, that you've got some vision of of perfect, right? That that you need like to you get. Got to rush through it, even though it's uncomfortable. We're so we want to get through the discomfort part so quickly, and when we when we go so fast through it, you don't really learn anything from it. You know, don't you did, and then you gotta revisit it because it'll show up again. Because I was talking about that earlier today with the group, like how we need to give it space, even even when we've had an aha moment, when we've had a revelation, when we've had a bit of had some insight, and we've learned Mm -hmm. something, and we're excited about that. That can still use some space before you you know start peeling back the next layer, if that's possible, because. So many of those insights are so much more far reaching. Like there are more connections to make with that. So that's the whole piece of trying to race through this deschooling, right? Okay. Right. These are not checkboxes to tick off, right? To to work through this and get this done and then boom, I'm finished. I'm it's perfect now. I know how to do it, right? right. That is something that we've learned. Yeah. We've absorbed through school that, that we need right. to get this done the faster, the better, the, you know, the, the grade with it, et cetera. So that's all super interesting stuff to, to dive into. Now I want, this leads really nicely into our next question. So I want to get that out before you, <laughs> okay. this yeah. is, this is hard work, right? This, and that's something else you'll hear a lot of guests, a lot of people talking about that. The, this de-schooling journey, this coming to unschooling and understand it, so much of it is our, ends up being our personal work to do, right? We don't, often we don't realize how many of these layers we have to peel back and to process. When we first start, we just think we're doing something different for school, right? Right. So right. I think that's something that we we don't know often when we get started how much um of the personal work and that self awareness that deschooling acts of asks of us and for some people delving into those depths can bring up a lot of challenges right and even trauma from Absolutely. our own experiences growing up right because this is what when we're trying to figure out what our goals are and and how what kind of parent we want to be and you know how we want to support our kids those are big picture foundational questions and of course we're going to be thinking about how that was for us and i think that can be a real surprise and often i think you know people can start to worry that you know, because again, you're looking at efficiency and trying to do this quickly. And it seems like everybody else is able to de-school faster than me. And this is just taking forever or, or this is really painful. This is a really painful time for me. And that can be real, can be discouraging and and surprising to people, can't it? Mm -hmm, Absolutely. You know, I talk to so many people that they're like, I love this idea of unschooling and all the creativity and following your curiosity and helping them and fueling them and giving them. And then all of a sudden, what do you mean I got to deal with my own baggage? Because I didn't really sign up for that part. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, the truth is that if you're going to be in relationship with people, if you're going to really connect, then you have to show who you really are. And so if you need to work on that, as most of us do, um, then that's what needs to happen. And so I think that that's 
I guess that's, you know, sometimes people say, who does unschooling, you know, unschooling doesn't work for some people. And I think, well, unschooling will work for every child, but unschooling may not work for every parent. And a lot of that has to do with, are you willing to look at your own baggage? Mm -hmm. Because sometimes you're not. You're a situation, okay. You know, I mean, we all have to look at where, you know, that's why we all kind of stop at different points. I think of like, we're, we've got a river to cross and, and people are, you know, we're on the other side. We made it. We made it. You can come over. It'll be fine. Take a few steps. <laughs> and then, but they, but they may stop in the middle. It might be a lot, a nice little Island for them that they can hang out at and feel safe at and kids can grow and flourish and they, you know, people stop at different points and that's okay. But I think that when, um, it, when, when we want to keep going with it, we have to be willing to look at our own stuff. So we have to look at how do we feel about them getting to have this fabulous life? Is there a tiny bit of jealousy? You know, is there a tiny bit of how dare you not be grateful? Don't you know how much better you have it than I have it, um, than I had it? And, you know, those are just things that we all have to look at because we all have good stuff and bad stuff that happened in our, you know, in the pile of knowledge from which we draw our parenting, right? Mm -hmm. And so if we have to if we have to sift through some of that and look at things that we have neatly closed up and pushed away, yeah. Um, we may have to look at it, you know, to be able to figure out why am I getting so triggered? Why is this driving me nuts? All right, let's look at why is that? What voice are you hearing? What, what internal conversation is happening? What story are you clinging to that is keeping you from having an authentic connection with your kid and parenting at your highest level, you know, because as unschoolers, that's kind of our goal. You know, we're going to, fuel their academic learning and then we're going to notice that that's the same as all learning and that it moves into life and that means our parenting and it all gets all mixed in there and that's another reason why there's no formula because my upbringing you know gosh how many different upbringings did we all have and so you know what triggers me doesn't trigger my husband or vice versa. I mean, and that's in one family. So imagine somebody that's a whole nother um, place and time. And, and so I, it, I think that that's why this messiness is something that if you can, instead of seeing it as um, an indication of your failure, see it as it's an indication of your opening. Mm-hmm. and being willing to look at it and being willing to wade in and to know that the people that have been really successful with unschooling, we have done that too, you know, and it, it isn't always the most um, comfortable thing to share on big open for, let me tell you how my mother was, <laughs> you know, I mean, we don't always, go there other than to just generally say that everybody has issues because specifics are so specific that it's not 
going not even help directly really. I mean, applicable. Like, cause you don't even want someone to say, Oh, well, how did you solve that? And then try to do that because it's not like you were saying, this is not duplicatable, <laughs> but I, I loved the way, the way you talked about that because it is, it's all about our individuality, our, our triggers. It's all going to be different. And, that's okay. Things will be hard. There will be things that for some people digging into will be painful and difficult. Right. Um, so right. Right. that's, uh, that's why I wanted to bring this up because, you know, it, it can seem certainly when you get in there, like I have this de-schooling process to do new things I have to learn and some things that I have to unlearn and and I just want to work it. So it can be so surprising that it can be hard, personal stuff to work through and and being open to it. I love that life is messy metaphor to and that it's it doesn't need to be quick. That space and time to sit with that discomfort and and see what you see. So And I said it jokingly earlier, but I really, really mean it that the problem about about working through it too quickly is you don't really internalize it. Mm -hmm. And then you do force yourself to have to do it again because you're, you know, it's like not paying attention to the map and not, and then you got lost again, you know, so let's really look at it. So let's figure it out. Why, why does that bother me that their shoes are left wherever? (laughs) Well, because was that the thing that like set your parents off? I mean, there's just so many possibilities, you know, a long time ago in the, in the sixties, cause you know, I'm old, um, in the sixties, there was a show called please don't eat the daisies and what it had. And the reason they had that title was this, these parents, I think it was a Doris day movie, uh, or t- TV series. They would leave and the kids would do some, un unthought of thing and she's like what do I have to say please don't eat the daisies you know because who would have thought they would have eaten the daisies and um but but you can't predict what's gonna be the things and so it's the same with all of this that you can't you can't see what factors are going to influence down the way Mm-hmm. So all, and that's why it's really important to stay in the present and see what's triggering you. And when you can do that instead of like, but I'm afraid that down there, you don't even know what that's going to look like. So don't go there. You got enough. And sometimes we go there as a procrastination, right? We go there because we don't want to do the work. Mm-hmm. So we're like, I'm going to worry about that because there's no, you know, I don't have to actually take any action right now as a result. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think that when, um, you know, notice that do you, do you get caught up in stuff to procrastinate from doing the looking at your own baggage that you need to do that will make you the best parent you can be, make you the best human you can be, you know, that you can actually show up in life the way you want to, as opposed to being just reactionary and reactive to the things that come at you. Instead, you're like, hmm, there I go again. <laughs> and, well, that's a, you know, I think, yeah. 
It's okay to do that. You know, sometimes doing that third person pulling up a little bit and looking at it and see, oh, that's that. You might not be able to do it in the moment, but afterwards and something completely fell apart, you can pull back and you can look at it and you can say, every time we're running late to get out the door, I start screaming at the kids. Okay. Patterns. So Mm -hmm. Do we need to factor in a little more time? Do we need to do a little more prep? Do they need more transition? Do I need more transition? You know, because oftentimes I'm like, it's these kids. (laughs) And in reality, it was me. I was trying to do one more thing before I got out the door. And then I'm like, what do you mean you can't find your shoes? And that (laughs) they're just kids. They don't need to all, you know, you need to be helping them. And yes, you need to be helping them even when they get older because they're distractible children. And then, and so we always think, well, they should know how to do this by now. Maybe on a, you know, if only it was linear, it's not like that. It's not like a job skill. When, when we say that to ourselves, we're again, have this perfect picture of a child, this idealized vision of a child in our head that we're comparing to. I mean, and that doesn't help. It doesn't add value. Know that the kid that we've got know ourselves, like you were saying, like recognizing the patterns in ourselves that also get in the way of things, you know, I'm definitely distractible. You know, I set up things certain ways for my own success. So of course, I would want to help my kids figure out the ways to help them set things up to accomplish what they're trying to accomplish. You know, so it's not even about the skills themselves, you know, and the knowledge and the understanding. It's also all those other little pieces of setting ourselves up for success like success as in to accomplish what we each are wanting to accomplish our own aspirations right not not somebody's picture or idealized idea of what we should Uh be and that's that's a big piece for us is separating the two and I think so much of that part of de-schooling is like we have so many have tos. I have to do this. I have to do this. I have to do this. And it's peeling back to understand, is that something I really want to do? Where did that message that I have to do this come from? Right. right? There's just so many beautiful pieces to pull apart, isn't there? Well, and I think that, and sometimes people, I've heard people say, you know, this is just too exhausting to look at it all. (laughs) And I would say, you know, look at a little bit at a time. Where are you wanting to be more present? Where are you wanting to not lose your temper? Where are you wanting to connect better with your kids and just take it piece by piece? Exactly. So where, where, where do you think, gosh, I really glad nobody saw me say that. If you're thinking that, <laughs> you should work on that. One. Maybe that's the thing. You know, because, but that's it. Yeah. That, that's a great point. It's, it's not about trying to do it all at once. Oh my gosh, that would be overwhelming, right? It's and I think that's what happens when people see us with our kids that are grown. They're like, well, I got to find a hobby they really love. I got to do this and I got to do this and I got to be present and I got to be loving and I got to stay cheerful and I got to get the laundry done and I got to get dinner done, you know, and we didn't do all that at the same time, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. we pieces of it and we, and we, and we built 
this new pile of skills and ways to connect and and all of that had to do with individuals because if I had said things to one child the way I said it to another child it wouldn't have had the same result Mm -hmm. and so if that's within my own family how can I copy what you do you know (laughs) because it's going to be different so the more the less you spend time doing that comparison then the more time you have to look at what how can I set this stage for success? This is the only stage I have any control over. <laughs> you know, okay. and we're going to fail. My dear, you huh? led so beautifully into the next question because that comparison piece is something I want to dive into. So let's talk about social media. Um, yeah. Because there, there are a lot of conversations regularly, right, about how, quote, perfect people's lives can look online. Yeah. And on one hand, there is real value in sharing that, in, in recording that, in remembering those good times. Right. Um, and on the other hand, comparing ourselves to other families isn't helpful, as we've been talking about this whole episode. Right, right. There's right. a whole wide spectrum uh, of fun and learning and stuff that happens just in between those two kind of extremes, right? So I would love to hear your thoughts a little bit more about this whole comparison thing. I think we've talked about it some that, that it's, it's part of that perfect, right? We see something in another family and we latch onto it. We think that's perfect. We think we should aim for that. Um, Mm -hmm. And that's what can get us in a, into a, into a spiral of, of fear really, right? That uh, worry that we're not taking steps towards that. Right. I think that it's important with social media to notice who do you gravitate towards comparing yourself to, you know, who, what are, what are you initially seeing as a lovely challenge, but on a bad day, you see it as a booming, oppressive, you'll never measure up, Mm -hmm. you know? And so if you're still kind of new at this, I would say, limit yourself on how much you look at that because you're you have to kind of guard this vulnerability that you are that you are you know you're peeling back those layers and there's pieces that are raw so you notice this is really making me move into that comparison thing so I need to set it aside for a little bit Mm -hmm. and instead stick with stuff that simply inspires you or maybe step away for a few minutes and do a little journaling to really look at what's, <coughs> what's the story that's sticking in your head. And when you can look at that story, then you can see what part's real, what part's rational, what part's not rational, what part does not fit with my kids, does not fit with me, does not fit with my family. And when you can look at it like that, then you can let it go because why, you know, why beat your head against the wall? Because there are, and, and it may be that you have to do some journaling about what are your strengths? What are your kids' strengths? What are their, um, what is the benefit of you swimming upstream and doing this hard work? You may need to list those benefits out so that you can look at it when you start to think that you're not measuring up. You need to remind yourself you're measuring fine. You need to, you know, you're measuring at the pace you need to do. 
you know, and you keep challenging yourself to do better, but not in a comparison kind of way in a, how am I more connected to them? How am I becoming the parent I want to be? And I think that social media is, is good in that it gives us connection, but it can really um, make us feel like we're inadequate. You know, when people, it, they talk all the time about it's the highlight reel. It is. You know, somebody that has a fabulous thing, look and see how long it's been since they posted. <laughs> because it's possible that they're showing out. You're only looking from one person's highlight reel to another. You're not looking at that highlight reel. You haven't heard from that person in three months. <laughs> and now they're telling you something great. It's very possible they were not having spectacular moments every single day of those three months. They're sharing something that was good, and that's fine. But I mean, well, I don't. I think, think I don't think share your. That's important, life. though. I wanted to touch on sharing good things, and you know, um, and it's valuable in also even for ourselves. Like I know I talked about it in my first. I think in free to learn in my first book, like remember those moments when things are going well, right? Because when you're down, you know, when you're struggling, when you're meeting a challenge, it can be hard to see the light at the end of the tunnel. And after you, you can remind yourself like journal about it, post about it on social media, what, whatever way you like to document things, right? So that you remember there were times when this was working really well. That helps you remember that you can, get back to those moments, right? It right. helps you It helps you over time come to recognize the ups and downs of life, which was a really right. and helpful revelation for me. And starting to understand that jeepers, we were learning things in the uptimes and the downtimes. And I started right. to be less worried about the downtimes. It's not like they're fun, right? No. But no, no, I no. could see the pattern, right? I knew there would be uptimes coming too. I knew even if I had no clue how we were going to get through this, that we would eventually come out the other side. And so, right. you know, noticing those up moments, because if you just toss them away, that's not, you're not noticing the learning that's happening in those fun times. You're not reminding yourself that, oh, geez, you know, Every three months, we're doing really well. Yes, we have challenging times in between. But look at that pattern. We're going to be up again. You know, we are going to make it through. I it think that's hard when you're a new parent. Yeah. When you're a new parent, you don't have that big arc yet. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. So, so that's something really that's beneficial to look at the experienced unschoolers to know that they got a big arc. You know, don't try to make your little um, slice of it match like a miniature that. version of their yeah. big arc. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, like that, you know, cro yeah. you know, when you, what do you call that when you have like a slice of, and it's, um, it's, it is what it is where it is. And, but in the, it's when you have, up. yeah, and you have like a benefit of time, then you can see it. But when you're a new parent, you don't know that. Yeah. And everything you feel like, and this is why the journaling works, everything you feel like is reflective on whether you're parenting well or not. And so that's part of our society that we tend to do that to parents. Mm -hmm. That we're like, your kid's acting badly, so you must be a crappy parent, you know? Mm -hmm. And it could just be he's hungry. 
<laughs> or it could be we stayed up too late, or it could be he's not that interested in that, or it could be that I haven't spent enough time connecting, you know, or it could be just their personality, or, or there's so many factors. And so that's why it's helpful to not be, um, it's helpful to not be judgy when people are having a hard time because I can tell you, you will too. <laughs> and, um, which is interesting because like I'll, I'll get people in our, some of our social media things and they want me to post things anonymously because they have, um, been interactive in their, in their support groups and they envision themselves as having some image that they've got it all together and they're having a hard time and they want some answers to some questions, but they don't want to reveal who they are. And I think that's unfortunate because I think that that is a fabulous um, opportunity for people to see that when I am also in the thick of it with you, I got rough days. And you got rough days. I got rough days. You know, I'm past it, so I don't have the in the thick of it stuff. Although we do have young adult thick of it stuff, you know. We have things that don't go great. And um, But as far as comparing them to, like, their 8 and 9 and 12 and 15-year-old days, um, I think that, you know, when, when we can – we don't have to – you know, say everything wrong that would embarrass our kids at all, at all. I'm not saying that, but I am saying that sometimes to say I'm having a rough time about something is an okay thing because then it's like, it's like we're, we're all being real. We're being authentic with where we are in our experience. And I, I, and it's a hard thing to do because we carry the story of don't be a failure. We carry mm-hmm. this story of you got to be successful. If you're going to help people understand unschooling, you darn well better do it perfectly. Yeah. Again, no. right? No. <laughs> no, you don't have to. You know, you're just doing the best you can. And everybody else's journey is their journey. You know, they should look at you and your kids and think, well, where this part is similar, this part is not similar. Interesting they went through that. I may someday. <laughs> or I may not, or I may know somebody that, that, I mean, there's, it's just, I don't know where I'm going with that. It's just interesting <laughs> to me when people are, when people are like not really being real, but I mean, in some ways I get it, especially on big public forums. Yeah. You know, I mean, you know, I'm sure there, in some cases there may be a privacy concern to it as well, but yeah, I mean, yeah, that, that's but true. that's another layer, uh, you know, that would just be, you, well, they would just ask themselves, you know, right. in deciding whether or not that was something that. And the that, other thing to remember as, as the others in the social media world is to know that people aren't sharing, aren't, aren't avoiding sharing to be dishonest, mm-hmm. but maybe trying to respect the privacy you know you got a kid that has something going on that's really really personal to them you aren't gonna say that on a big open group where you know a lot of other group members are there you know so here now I'm arguing the other way (laughs) but I think that that you know if we recognize you know we hear a lot of people why don't y'all just tell some of the horror stories why would we do that (laughs) 
<laughs> well, and I you know, think why would you know you- what I think too. Yeah, because I mean, there for me personally, there there are challenging times, right? And but I am I'm an internal kind of processor, right? So I want to like for me to write when I'm in the throes of it, I can't even really express it yet because I haven't processed it enough to understand it, to share it. Right. Yeah. So for me, like I have blog posts all over the place on my website talking about how I moved through a challenge and stuff, but I'm not posting it in the middle. I'm I'm posting it after I've processed it and I understand it and I can put it in context. Like, and I mean, that's just me. There are far some more people. Useful. It's far more useful. Otherwise, it's just, we're still all wallowing in the, you know, I mean, let's, yeah, I mean, that's let's the other piece. I, I got into the, you know, I, I find that the, the complaining and the wallowing attracts more of that and then just brings everybody's energy down. And then all of a sudden you're seeing everything through this negative lens. And I've learned that if I get stuck in that negative lens, that's not helping anybody. It's not helping me move through it. It's not helping me feel better. It's not helping me relate to my kids. Like it gets in the way of our connection. It gets in the way of our day. Like there is no value in me um, piling on to a negative kind of mindset or view. So I think it's kind of a maladaptive coping mechanism that we develop in school because there's no choice. Yeah. And so how do you amuse yourself? You talk about the bad stuff. And, you know, and I think there's also kind of a bonding that happens sometimes in parenting of like these kids. Oh, my gosh. You know, and so then they get cut. You can see that on Facebook all the time. You can Mm -hmm. see them get stuck in this. Um, kid bashing, teen bashing. Oh Lord, there's a lot of teen bashing. And, um, and I think that that's all about trying to gain sympathy, you know, Mm -hmm. that they want people to relate to. It's that misery loves company and misery does love company. But if you would like to leave misery, perhaps you should change your company. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, I think that that's, but yeah, no, I mean, that, that's been my experience. Definitely the yeah. loves company, you know, and, and the, you know, when we used to get, when we first began unschooling, well, it's part of the reason why I, you know, my friend circle drifted in that first year or so, because I, you know, you came to see that when you got together, it was all about complaining about the kids and complaining about the kids and complaining about school. And it's like, okay, I'm, I'm not going to complain. And it's, it was and continues to be. And they're like, you're not any fun anymore. The mindset mindset throws me off and it makes my days and my life and my moments worse. I make worse choices when I'm coming through that, you know, from that of, of um, seeing everything negatively. Anyway, like that's, that's a great thing. Oh, I I wanted to emphasize that other thing that you mentioned at the beginning when we were talking about um, social media, I think, because when I look back, there wasn't social media per se, like Facebook, it was email groups, right? But it's still the same thing. You can read about all these, you know, so the still the same mindset shifts, the same de-schooling stuff to do, but when it's noticing when it's inspirational, like that's what I, I would see what other family, is that something my kids might be interested in? 
you know, that was right. ways that I could bring new things into our world. But that's the piece. You, is it inspiring or does it become an expectation? Is it like, I think my kids should be interested in that? That's when you want to like take a right, moment, the right, flick. Right. But no, these are my kids. Yeah. Like that's their kids and they're having a lot of fun with that. And I'm so happy for them. Think yeah. about whether or not that's something my kids might be interested in. So it was a great way and continues. To, I still scroll through Facebook and see what people are up to because it's interesting. I'm glad they're happy and enjoying it. And maybe it might bring something new and interesting into right. their lives or not. Right. But when it skips over from being inspirational to becoming more of a weight, that weight of expectation, oh, we should be doing that. We should be doing that. That's definitely, and there's nothing wrong. It's okay to step away from it, right? Yeah, and again, to remember about that big arc, that mm -hmm. right now your kid may be only playing Fortnite for a long time mm -hmm. until they're not, you yeah. know, and that's okay because that's kind of, you know, would, would you care if they were going one musical theater after another would you care if they were just reading one fabulous literature book after another? You know, it's just it, it's just an interest that mm -hmm. they're kind of diving into. And so that comparison thing, again, doesn't work. I think that the misery loves company part, I think that that's um, a procrastination to change your actions. You know, that it, it makes it an ain't it awful. It's nothing I can do about it. It's just those kids. No, you got a lot. You could do it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you, you can make some changes in your parenting and how you connect and how you look at it. It doesn't mean they're going to become the story you've created in your mind. It just it doesn't means, mean they're going to change, right? It's it's no. And I mean, you Anne talks about this a lot. <laughs> when when we are um, feeling challenged or frustrated or just uncomfortable about what our kids are choosing to do. That's the yeah. time to connect more, right? Because I found time and again, I was the one that was missing something. I was missing a piece of the puzzle when I felt like that because they and were making And you're choices. moving away from connection. Exactly. You don't like something, so you like lean away because you're like, yep, I don't want to have a bad reaction. Why don't you work on how to get okay with letting them even make mistakes? Because even those mistakes are part of their journey. It's their journey. You know, you're just a supporting role here. You're just someone that can share some experience. But if you've been real, um, if you haven't focused on the connection, they're not even going to want to listen to your experience. You know, yeah. so perhaps even if you do it all for selfish motives, I'm trying to be influential, so I'll connect more. Well, what you might discover is while you connect more, you don't have to be as influential as you <laughs> thought. <laughs> you can learn to trust them and you can learn to see that they're not just a bag of bad decisions. <laughs> there are a lot of things, you know, neither are you. You know, we all are good decisions, bad decisions. Here's how this changed and now I did this and now I did that. And that's all how all of us live. And, and we learn. all, you know, learn, learn a little more. And so I think social media helps in that it, it's nice to see that there's such a variety. And, um, see that there's such a variety of ways to approach something that it might like ching, make something think, Oh, 
not that, but if I do this, you know, then it could maybe help you figure some things out. Yeah, yeah. No, that inspiration is almost like kind of brainstorming on the fly, stuff you didn't even know. (laughs) Right, right, right. Yeah, it it is hard, though. Uh Uh-huh. It's hard. I mean, all of it's hard. I mean, I think that's why people don't do it. You know, would it be easier to send them back to school in some ways? Yeah. Yeah. Because you're not going to connect. Do you want to stay at this really shallow connection? Maybe. Or maybe you want a deeper connection with your kids. Maybe you want to have a change the trajectory of where your, your life went, you know, to change it a little bit so that they don't have to wait to learn something so that they don't have to, um, you know, learn that life starts after you've recovered from school, (laughs) you know? And so I think that it's, it's hard. I think if people need to hear that, then let's tell them, yeah, it's hard. Mm. I mean, there are some days that are beautiful and they flow and it's perfect. And there are some days that you're like, ah, and that's just real life. It's all right. Don't aim for perfect. (laughs) Right. 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 I mean, it's okay. That's going to happen. I think it's great. What's always helped me is is reminding myself and remembering this is a choice. Right. Right. I'm choosing this. You know, I'm choosing. And and maybe to have written down while you were, while you were in a good place, write down all the things. Of yep. why you're choosing this because some days it may be hard to remember why. And that's okay too. We've all been there. You know, yep. it's all right. Yep. So make your list. Make your list. That's your homework from this. All right. From this hey, hey, hey. Week. Look at how nicely you led into our last question here. We're going to talk a little yeah. bit about that homework because we have spent a lot of this episode talking about how life isn't perfect. And how striving for that ideal that we have in our minds about what it should look like, right, can get in our way. But there are definitely advantages to the unschooling lifestyle, right, when it comes through, moving through these challenging times, these moments that are hard. So I did want to wrap up our conversation talking about some of the advantages of this life. Right. Let's end on the positive. Right? <laughs> Let's just not leave them. And these are the things, you know, like like you said, that you'll write down in, in um, good moments when you're seeing these things. These are great things to come back to, to remind ourselves in those challenging times why I've made this choice. Because back to, right. it is a choice, right? Right, 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 right. I think, you know, to me, some of the advantages are, well, obviously, the connection that happens with you. I'm not saying that people that send their kids to school don't have good connections with their kids. They might. But um, we just have an opportunity. We just have more time to be able to connect. So we're going to have more shared experiences. We're going to have more opportunities to dive in deep and solve the problem or to really identify a strength that we didn't even know they had because we're right there living with them, you Mm -hmm. know? And so that's a huge advantage because then we can connect with them in that kind of a way. Um, I think that they unschooled kids learn to be problem solvers. When I, when I talk to my kids who are 25, 28 and 30, and they talk about being able to solve problems that other people are like, they, 
they haven't practiced solving their own problems. They have always had someone else solve it for them. And looked for the right answer. Oh, right. And have the perfect story. And they're so afraid to make a mistake. Oh, they talk about that. Yeah. Especially, you know, that they're so afraid they're going to be seen as a failure. They're so afraid it's going to be humiliating that they aren't willing to, well, let's just try it and see. And then at some point it works. We'll go in that direction. If it doesn't work, we'll stop there and adjust. You know, that's kind of the problem. when, When we live like that as raising them, then that's how they get to do from their adult in their adulthood. And it is really helpful because the kids who've sat in school haven't had that opportunity. And so I think that is a really big plus. Um, I think that, you know, that idea of not waiting for your life to start, you know, that, that you are living it. You're exploring it. You're seeing, I thought I was going to like that, and I didn't. (laughs) As opposed to you stuck with that story for all of your school years, and I'm going to be this. And then you're like, oh, wow, I should have been thinking of other things. Mm. And so your guys get to, you know, unschooled kids get to, you know, play with ideas and test the waters and see what they think and what they um, would like to maybe do. Um, I, I, you know, I think they have this opportunity to really know themselves, you know, that they can. You know, how many of us went to school, I remember thinking I didn't even enjoy reading for pleasure mm-hmm. until after I was 30 because I had like to recover <laughs> from being forced to read so much that I didn't want to read. And, um, and I think that the kids that have been unschooled have this opportunity to not have that for their starting place, you know, mm-hmm. I guess that's, so I think that when we, when we think about the messiness aspect that our kids get the benefit of us working on our mess, you know, that if we can work on it, they can see that life can be messy and still good. Life can be hard and still good. Life can go poorly for a period of time and we come out of it. And then when we learn to talk about that kind of stuff with them, that gives them an opportunity because that is what their life's going to look like. That's what everybody's life looks like. And so we can help them with real stuff that's really more important than did they get long division. Or did they get, you know, they've got a calculator for that. Or do they know how to do something by the time they're seven? No one cares as a young adult. Mm-hmm. So I think that they, our, our kids have this opportunity that they don't have to have all these artificial hoops that school has and society has told us that are necessary that we as adults know they're not know that nobody's asking me to do a complicated math problem without a calculator. Nobody asks me to do that. And so I think that our guys get the benefit of that. You know, they get the benefit of us being real and looking at what our real adult life looks like and, um, and going from there. So it's like the kids stand on our shoulders. We, our parents did the best they could with whatever was going on with them and now we're here and our kids will stand here, you know, and 
that's the advantage is that they have a, you know, better vantage point. They can, you know, they'll have their own issues to deal with, but they'll be able to deal with them. They won't have to have as much, or they won't have to have similar baggage. We can get our baggage dealt with so they don't have to have that baggage. So there's an advantage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, that's it. They're living real life now, not training waiting. and waiting till they get their chance to live it. And also, I think you know, just something oh. I just was thinking that I didn't, is that this idea that happens with unschooling that we learn to trust them, to trust their hardwiring for learning and that we learn to trust that good does come and that we will get through this because we're working on this stuff together. We have an enormous opportunity to have a really happier life. And so do our kids mm-hmm. that, you know, it, it, when we can demonstrate how to, when we can take the time to do the internal work, when we can find the support that we need, that's real support when we can get the information so that we don't just live in fear and panic, when we do those things, then our kids are seeing that's what you do to get to a place to be happier instead of, nah, I just got to live with it. Nah, I just got to survive it. That's not our approach to life. Mm -hmm. So that's another advantage. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's almost like the, the problem solving piece that you were talking about earlier, right? That your kids Mm -hmm. notice is that we don't, they that we don't need to just put up with stuff the way they are right we don't need to stay stuck in something that's uncomfortable or unhappy for us that we can problem solve and work through it and the other piece you mentioned that i thought was really important too was was the time aspect right and and the um the idea of having to learn certain things or do certain things by certain ages because you know if a challenge or something comes up in our our lives right we can all focus our time and energy on that on moving through that and nobody's getting behind on anything right right? we're living in that moment and when something's big we have the time to put towards that and to work through that and to focus on that until we can move through it. Nothing else needs to take priority. Like we get to set our priorities and we don't fall behind on them. You know what I mean? That makes sense, right? (laughs) It totally makes sense. And it's part of that learning to trust yourself. You know Mm -hmm. how we're constantly, we've had these school experiences and we second guess ourselves constantly. And, um, our kids will be able to look at what it is and decide as opposed to running through all the, (laughs) all the potential. I mean, not that they don't, they they still, they have regular human characteristics where they worry about things, (laughs) but they, um, you know, so don't think that, but they don't have the irrational baggage that has been conditioned into us from 12 years of, waiting for people to tell us what to do and fearing Mm -hmm. our permanent record and all those things. Yeah. They don't have any of that. That's nice. Oh, that's awesome. Thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me, Sue. As always, it was so much fun. I love it. I love it. (laughs) Thanks for having me. And I, I hope everybody has a fabulous time with their unschooling their kids and that they can figure out where to stop that fits them and maybe it's just for a breather and then they'll try something else or maybe something will come up and you're like, 
supposed to work on that. <laughs> and that's okay because when you get to choose what you want to work on instead of somebody else telling you these are the things you need to work on, um, then you're, it's just so much better. You know, you it get is. to chart your own course. Yeah, it, it really is a choice. It really is a yeah. choice. And, and yeah, I love that, you know, because you can choose to, to stay for a while, right? And right. there's, there's in that space, like we talked, we mentioned on the podcast before how valuable that space is. Just that space, right. sit and be with things. And like the whole, I got to be productive. I got to be productive. No, stuff's happening. Even when you're right. sitting still. You and are being productive. <laughs> you are. Connection is happening. Learning is happening. You know, even if you feel like you're still for a while and, and you will start to feel when it's time to take another step and another step, right. but don't feel like you're wasting it. Um, yeah. There isn't wasted time unless you're willfully ignoring things. And that's just another question to ask yourself, right? Mm-hmm. That's right. That's oh, okay. Right. Okay. So before we go, where can people find you and your work online? Um, they can find me at suepatterson.com or at unschoolingmomtomom.com. And there's a couple of different um, ways to get support based on, you know, how much time we get to spend together. And, um, so, I mean, you can, you can take there. I have a new unschooling course that you could take. I mean, you can get all the information that you need and the support at the level that you want. So um, we have a bunch of things at both of those websites. So come on over. (laughs) All right. Thanks again, Sue, and have a great day. Thanks, Kim. All right. Bye. Bye. I hope you found this episode helpful on your unschooling journey. And be sure to check out the wonderful archive of earlier podcast episodes. The conversations never go out of date. And you can find more information about my books, my Patreon community, and the Childhood Redefined Unschooling Summit at my website, livingjoyfully.ca. Have a great day.